This is NAI Global's Diving Into Commercial Real Estate. Uh, welcome to NAI Global's Diving Into Commercial Real Estate podcast. We have uh, two great guests today in a very interesting market. Uh, Want to touch, uh, touch base with them, see what's going on uh, locally. Um, and, and learn a little bit about Boise, Idaho today. So today we have Mike Erkman and Ben Needler, both principals at NAI Select. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, rather than me uh, read your lengthy bios here, perhaps you could just give a, a short introduction of you know you guys, kind of your expertise and NAI Select and, and what you guys do. Sounds great. Uh, well, thank you and appreciate the time this morning. Uh, NAI Select has been in the Boise market now for four years. Uh, NAI as Global has been in our market before in the past, and Mike and I have been in the business now for, well, I've been in it for about 20 years, and Mike's been in it for about 15, and when we were looking to go out on our own and start a new firm, we really liked the NAI platform, and, you know, Boise's a, a smaller market, but growing, and we have just really been excited about what NAI has offered us as far as being a part of a national and global network, but yet still allows us to be nimble within our market and uh, be flexible to meet the needs of uh, kind of a mid-sized market. So we've had great success over these last four years, and we're excited about the future. So when I think of Boise, um, you know, I think of a big blue football field. So I'm very interested to learn kind of a little bit more beyond that and what's going on in Boise. Uh, we do hear about it. You know, investors are, you know, constantly asking about up-and-coming markets and growth markets outside of the usual ones that you hear, um, places they can perhaps look to invest their capital. So maybe just give us a little bit of an overview of, you know, what's going on in Boise uh, currently, uh, you know, just generally and in the real estate market specifically. Sure. Well, Boise's uh, a great city. It's in the southern part of the state. It's the state capital. And as you mentioned, you know, we have uh, universities. The one that most people know is Boise State University with the blue turf. And so with the, the state government here, universities here, what a lot of people don't realize is that we have a pretty large tech presence in the Boise Valley. Uh, Micron Technology, this is their corporate headquarters. And over the years, they have... Uh, grown substantially, created partnerships. A lot of their partnership companies are here. The Simplot Corporation, of course, their corporate headquarters is here. They're famous for being the French fry supplier to McDonald's and others. But over the last 10 or 15 years, we've really seen a growth in a lot of small businesses. Uh, people come into Boise for recreation, uh, quality of life from maybe a little more conservative environment, raising their families, but yet they're 45 minutes from snow skiing, water skiing, mountain biking, just about anything uh, you can ask for. And then from an affordability standpoint, uh, Boise, uh, for the most part, is still a very affordable market for folks to come and uh, thrive. That's great. And um, what what's currently driving the growth? Is there, you know, you mentioned uh, tech and a couple of uh, big companies that are there, but when people are coming to Boise now, you know, what, what, what kinds of employment are they finding? And, uh, uh, yeah, and you know, you mentioned small businesses, but, you know, what, what kinds of businesses? Sure. We 
things really got accelerated this year with COVID and kind of the work from home evolution. And, and as that continues to evolve and grow, we've seen a lot of companies from the West Coast, especially uh, coming inland and bringing a group of employees here, maybe a division of a company or, or someone that's an executive that moves their family here, but they're still connected to a company out of Portland or LA or Seattle or something like that. Uh, we've also seen a lot of homegrown businesses that have grown uh, and then be purchased by national companies. There was a, a local, very local success story. We actually did their first lease years ago that uh, grew their business and then into it, QuickBooks came in and bought them and, and in that purchase brought several hundred more employees here. So I think the attractiveness of just the community in general and its people and what it has to offer, we're starting to, to get on the map. Uh, for larger companies moving into the region. We also just opened an Amazon center that's bringing 3,000 jobs, and that's a big hit in our market, 3,000 jobs, so that was good. Uh, Micron has added, like I mentioned before, its tech partners in different industries, and of course, anytime you have a big user like that, they bring in a lot of support and contract businesses that kind of fill in the gaps, so it's been a lot of that second-tier type communities. And we're a big construction economy in the Intermountain uh, region to where we have a lot of very large construction companies here. And of course, that trickles down to different jobs through all the trades and subcontractors. That's great. And I, 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 I assume, you know, the companies also like it because you mentioned, you know, how you have the university there. Um, so you have a pool of talent directly that's already there that they can also help grow in addition to the people that they're bringing. Yeah, agreed. And, and beyond Boise State University, we have two other uh, private colleges that have campuses in the valley. So there's definitely a mix there. And then, of course, there's satellite campuses for other universities in our market. So we have a very well-educated community, and that really contributes to folks um, when it comes to them, their hiring needs and interns and, and that kind of thing. Right. That, that, I know that's very helpful, especially when companies are, you know, doing site site selection and, and looking at multiple cities. So ha, has this had an impact on real estate prices so far? And, uh, you know, which, which, which sectors have been impacted in real estate? Well, I, I would imagine as we've grown, you know, development never seems to keep up with population growth. So right now we're really... Uh, pressed for housing. We are at about 50% of what we need in apartments. Uh, we have tremendous demand for residential growth, and yet, you, you know, it takes two to three years to deliver lots, but yet people are moving here every day. So we've seen a pretty large spike in pricing just from sheer sake of supply and demand. Um, a lot of what's driving in the commercial is People came out of the last downturn and were very conservative and were hoarding cash. Well, now with prices shooting up, we're seeing a lot of owner users making decisions saying, well, it's time. We've, we've survived. We're thriving. This is a growth market. So let's uh, go buy or go build. And so that's a big part of what's driving uh, the commercial real estate. Obviously, the, you know, the question marks are in the retail world, but depending upon the type of retailer business that you're in, food or clothing, you know, some of the COVID pivoting you've had to do. And then, then the biggest question that'll get answered over the next 24 months is in the office world. Uh, with a lot of, uh, of our municipalities and some of our corporations not working from the office yet, 
you know, landlords are concerned about, well, are they gonna, is there gonna be a reduction in workforce in my office building? So we do have some things that will still affect us, but at the point, at this point right now, our unemployment is extremely low. Uh, we have the lowest number of housing units available in the 17 year history that our MLS has been tracking it. So there's just a tremendous demand on our market right now, which has forced uh, pricing uh, up. That's great. And um, so are, you know, you mentioned some, some local, you know, owner users who are maybe starting to think about putting shovel on the ground. Is it at the point now where it's attracting institutional capital um, sort of nationally, you know, like some of the, for example, Southeast cities are or Nashville or in Austin, something like that? Well, it, what's interesting about that is I think we're maturing but we're not to that institutional point yet. In the apartment community, we are seeing a couple of institutional owners that have bought projects and then now they're looking at going shovel out of the ground. From a industrial and office portfolio type, it's more of a regional. We we have a group that just came out of Northern California that, that's made their first foray into the market and they're looking to buy a couple of properties and develop. Uh, a lot of our developers have sister companies in Salt Lake City. So I would say from a, what we would call in the industry, an institution developer, no, but strong regional players that know our market and our transportation systems, et cetera, in our region, they definitely are investing in our market and seeing it. Uh, we get a lot of comments that, you know, you're the next Salt Lake or you're, um, you know, Denver in a few years, that kind of a thing. So I think those regional players see the potential and those are the folks that are investing in our market. Got it. I think, you know, what, one thing that I always found interesting about um, Idaho is that it was a non-disclosure state. I think, just speculation here, but that just something about that non-transparency might also kind of, um, you know, make investors think about it because they're, they're kind of not seeing what's going on in the market all the time. Can you maybe just discuss you know, a non-disclosure state and kind of how you get information and, uh, you know, how it's important to have local boots on the ground in that situation? Yeah, I, I, that's a tremendous uh, advantage as a broker uh, because, you know, our value really becomes at being a market expert and making sure we have good comps. We work really hard at maintaining our own database, maintaining relationships with all of the appraisers and it does really help with our client relationship and being a valuable part. Uh, we have found that as the research groups have come into Idaho, the fact that we're non-disclosure, um, you know, they're they're in an information grab business and a lot of times the information they're grabbing isn't accurate. So that's good and bad, right? Because if somebody from the outside is relying on bad information, they may not be making the best choice. However, if they get to us as an agent and we can give them the reliable, reliable information, then, then we become the reliable expert in the transaction. So it does benefit us uh, that way. And people like that it's non-disclosure. They can go about their business and, and um, you know, keep their dealings to themselves. Mm -hmm. And so how do you go about, you know, aggregating the data? Is it really just a matter of deals you've done and, like you said, you know, talking to the local appraisers, relationships you have to kind of get that information? You know, are brokers cooperative in sharing that information through, you know, between firms with each other, or is it more of that's a competitive uh, proprietary?
proprietary uh, piece of information. Well, I I would like to think it's unique to Boise, but it's probably not. But we have a very healthy brokerage community, and even though we compete, uh, we all are in the same boat. So we do share comps with each other, uh, and at the same time, we're not emailing our entire database. So we do have a very healthy relationship with other folks, and uh, luckily, we have enough long enough track record in the business that we have a good pulse on what's going on. Uh, like I mentioned before, the research guys, they're trying to get in here and get good information, but it's not always reliable. Uh, so like you had mentioned, you know, we, we track our own deals, we keep our own database. When we work with appraisers or we had a comp from other folks, we develop our library and that becomes our resource for our clients. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I don't know if you you know you wouldn't have this information off hand, but certainly can can you provide a little bit of you know insight? I know it's a very general question, but into sort of like cap rate ranges and what things trade for, you know, in, in different property types. Um, I know there's not that many transactions like that happening right now, and I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, and and it's funny that you mentioned that because. Oftentimes, investors will lob in a phone call into Boise and assume they're going to get an eight or a nine cap because we're this, you know, little market in the middle of nowhere. When most of the time they think Idaho is Iowa, um, but we've been a kind of a darling market in the investment world since probably '04 when we had the first uh, rise, and and we're seeing it again where our cap rates have compressed. You know, multifamilies in the five range. Um, you know, we've, we've sold, you know, your typical Starbucks and dip those different types of investments and in high fours, low fives, um, you know, office, office for the longest time was our most challenged category in our market. It really started getting better and then COVID hit, which puts a question mark on it, but, you know, office investments trade in the sevens and then retail industrial are in the sixes. So it's, as I see what's going on regionally, that's, Fairly common. Yep, that that is certainly tighter than you know than I I would have thought it would be. And, and um, you know, are the local um, municipalities are they you know developer friendly? Um, is there strict zoning laws there? Um, yeah, so it, it's interesting that you ask that because I've been I've been doing this long enough. I've even done a couple little small projects myself. And so at times I feel like it's very hard, but then I'll talk to a developer that comes in from out of state or a different part of the region. And they're like, this is the easiest thing ever. I can get a project done and through entitlements in nine months, you know, they're used to three years. And so I would say in general, yes, very development friendly. Um, one of the challenges we have is because, because the state is very conservative fiscally, which is awesome that we're in the black and our state doesn't have any debt. We don't have a lot of vehicles on the development side to um, entice it, right? We don't have a bunch of entitlements that developers can get. So um, the cities are on board, but we're very reactive when it comes to public policy and planning. So we'll have this explosion of growth and then they kind of want to swing the pendulum the other way. And then they realize, oh man, we probably shouldn't have done that. Let's swing it back the other way. So sometimes we're not as sophisticated maybe as um, I would like it to be personally. However, developers uh, seem to um, 
feel like it's quick or reasonable comparative to out of the area. What is the most important in our market is hiring the right uh, and, you know, entitlement group and engineers. That's the key because we're still a, a little bit of a good old boy network where if you have great relationships, that's what's going to really get it done. So someone coming in and banging the drum from outside, sometimes that can dig our, our cities and planners and heels in the ground, if that makes sense. So the local relationships is yep. still very important. We haven't grown out of that, so to speak. And that that's a good segue to, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about how you guys at NAI Select um, can help market participants kind of navigate the market and then also how, you know, how they can get in touch with you. Sure. Well, I, you know, we pride ourselves we in being a relationship brokerage. We like to get to know our clients very well, build trust both in both directions, and then provide the best consultation that we can, whether we can help ourselves or we feel like we have great relationships with uh, regional bankers, for example, because we find that from a lending side, it's the regional bank that does most of the deals in Boise. Um, when it comes to development or uh, building, we have a great book of commercial contractors here that we have good relationships with. So a lot of it is, is kind of being a conduit to connect uh, clients, both buyers and sellers. Another key part of our business is we have a very strong property management division. Our accounting team is the best and they really embrace every property as if it was their own and protecting that asset. And then we try and um, advise our clients obviously to improve their portfolio. And we're not afraid as brokers sometimes to like, you know, it's okay just to pay the capital gains on this sale. You don't have to go 1031 every time. So we like to have relationship type conversations and 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 it's not lip service, really do put put what we feel is best for the client first. That's great. And how should what's the best way for them for people to get in touch with you? Is just Google NAI Select and look you guys yeah, up? Our, yeah, our website's very straightforward, NAISelect.com. Um phone number, email, where our information's on the website and and uh, we're just excited about our market. We're we're excited about being a part of the NEI Global Network, and we're thankful that you guys uh, are interested in Boise. You know, it's funny because when I see the uh, you know the bumper sticker on the car in front of me that says you know get out of our state or we don't want you anymore, I'll knock on the window and I'll ask them, and they say, yeah, I just moved here from California a year ago. It's like they got their slice of Idaho, but they don't want anybody else to have a slice. Right. Um, that's funny. I'm, I, well, I'll tell you what, I'm definitely going to add Boise to my list. You know, thanks for having the conversation. When when people uh, ask me, because I'm getting asked all the time, what are some other markets to think about outside of you know, where everybody's currently thinking? What's the next one? Um, and I'm certainly going to add Boise to that list. So you might get a, a couple of phone calls coming your way. That sounds great. Thanks, Cliff. Appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for joining us.